we need to figure out our own operating manual. That's like one of the most important things you can figure out in life. Hi, this is Eric Inman. And if you want to start being more intentional with your free time in order to discover your purpose and potential, then you should be listening to the free time podcast with my friend, Carl Sona. Deep down in your gut, you know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Free Time Podcast. Today's interview is loaded with juice. I'm joined by a man that, in my opinion, embodies the result of what it looks like to really tap into your potential, if you so dare, to see what you're truly capable of achieving. Our guest today is Eric Hinman. Eric is a lifestyle entrepreneur that retired himself by the age of 34 and then now spends the majority of his days shirtless making killer content that is the most aesthetic I've ever seen. Eric has also founded and invested in many successful businesses that align with core values centered on health and wellness. As if that wasn't an impressive rap sheet enough, Eric is a five-time Ironman and an all-around sweet human being. Eric, welcome to the show. Carl, thanks for having me. Appreciate that amazing intro. Absolutely, brother. It's been awesome getting to know you since we've been connected through Julia for the past few months or so, man. And I've been absolutely fascinated by your lifestyle and the epic adventures that, you know, we all have the opportunity of uh, enjoying seeing you on on Instagram and whatnot. Can you tell me, bro, I'm really curious to know, what would the 17-year-old you think if you had the opportunity to see how your life has unfolded today? Oh man, the 17 year old me would have never predicted where I am now. Uh, God, the 17 year old would have predicted that, uh, you know, just probably a continued path of entrepreneurship, starting businesses, running businesses, and ultimately chasing some of the wrong things like chasing material things, chasing the public perception of success. And, um, you know, my life really drastically changed about 10 years ago when I got involved in triathlon and specifically Ironman races. 
And the defining moment was when I started going out for a run or a bike ride, and it was more fulfilling for me, myself, not my ego, myself, to like better my run pace at the same heart rate or increase my wattage on the bike. And I just started noticing that I was showing up as the best version of myself. I had incredible energy. I had incredible mental clarity. You know, I knew what my passions and purpose were. I was authentic to myself. I wasn't afraid to share that with the world. And prior to that, like in my first two careers, I started an insurance brokerage right out of college and then a software company. You know, I was very much ego driven where I was chasing more money just to have like nice material things and to have that public perception of success. And I don't know, joy is the thief of comparison. That's one of my favorite quotes. And I truly believe that you know, if you need to figure out like things that are self-fulfilling, things that are not ego-driven. So, you know, I'm really grateful that I, uh, I found triathlon and have since really just built my life around health and wellness. And, you know, that is so much more than just an aesthetic. It, it allows me to be the best version of myself every day so I can show up to the world and, you know, hopefully inspire other people to, to do the same. Yeah, I love it, man. Thanks for opening up there. I think uh, as a young man myself, man, and you're still a really young man yourself, one of the biggest challenges is really understanding who you are and what makes you come alive. And I think that as you're trying to unpack that, it's so easy to look at, you know, outside influences for an example of what you should be like. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what that outside influence is, man. Um, and it, it's a challenging time. I, I'm curious, though, like how much of, you know, being a little older, getting some age allows you the opportunity to have more comfortability with who you are. Uh, yeah, that definitely is a component of it. Um, through the years, I have figured out, and, and I used to write this stuff down, like the people, places, and things that brought me positive energy and the people, places, and things that drained my energy. And, you know, ultimately, like, we need to figure out our own operating manual. That's like one of the most important things you can figure out in life. And that takes time. I'm 39. And it wasn't until I was like 29 or 30 that I really even started dabbling in some of this and started like really building my day around my tiny wins and not other people's tiny wins and not other people's to-do lists. So yeah, time definitely is a factor in it because you need time to understand what truly makes your heart sing. Um, and again, it just goes back to that like self and ego. And I, I still look at a lot of things from that way. Like, am I doing this for myself or am I doing this for my ego? And what I've learned is what makes me the happiest is having freedom and flexibility. And that's ultimately like how I look at opportunities now. I don't look at opportunities as like, yeah, great. I can make a bunch of money with it, but it's going to take away my freedom and flexibility. I look at it as does it either align with my lifestyle, the things that I enjoy doing that are going to allow me to be unapologetically me, or is it just trading time for money? And if it's trading time for money, then I usually say no to those opportunities because it's taking away my freedom and flexibility to do those things that I've learned that I enjoy doing. Yeah, man. I love that, dude. I think that's ultimately the same thing that I'm kind of after is I just feel like there's this passion and this fire within me. And I want to find a way that I can design a life that allows me to tap into that 
you know, without being inhibited. And I think a lot of people fall in that category, but there are still the shackles of life, right? I got to pay the bills. I got to appease my parents. I got to use that degree, whatever that may be. And it sounds like in your former two careers prior to tapping into what you're doing now with the lifestyle stuff and the health and wellness, you were, you know, tapping into that kind of corporate world. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about what the initial nudge was for you to say, you know what, I'm making a great life for myself. I've got a great career, income, all these different things, but I am not the suited insurance salesman. I'm not the corporate software guy that actually got you the spin off to doing what you're doing now. Like, what was that initial push? Yeah. So I think the big key is like, if you're looking forward to vacations and if you're looking forward to the weekends, you're not doing it right. <laughs> I never know what day it is. Like every single day is a weekend to me. And like, I don't go on vacations. I go to places that I enjoy doing the same things that I do here in Denver, Colorado. I don't need a vacation from my life because I love my life. So the changing point for that was really Iron Man, where I realized that like investing in myself and making health and wellness a priority. And it's not like I was, you know, some slob before it. I played three sports in high school, but, you know, I was never an elite athlete. And I never, I did it for competition. I didn't do it for myself back then. Like I was competing against others. I wanted to win. And it wasn't until Ironman where I started competing against myself every single day. It wasn't so much about competing against other people. And if you compete against yourself every day, like you're going to do well in these races, you're going to do well in business. But that can't be the end goal. You have to be doing it for yourself. It was the process to train for an Ironman that taught me what it was like to invest in yourself, to become the best version of yourself, which ultimately led me to being one of the best triathletes in the world. And that was super powerful to understand that like, if you focus on something for long enough, you can be one of the best in the world at it. And, you know, none of it was driven by money. None of it was driven by public perception. It was all driven by, I just wanted to see like, what am I capable of? You know, at what level can I perform physically? And, you know, so much like incredible mental performance came from that too, because when you're doing a lot of these long training sessions, like you're in solitude and it's kind of like a meditation, like you're able to reach this point of tremendous mental stillness to like really understand like what you want your life to be like. And I, I think that's why a lot of people go on like, you know, these different retreats, you know, meditation retreats, sweat lodge retreats, drug retreats is to like try and get a glimpse into who am I really and how can I shape my life to get where I want to go? And, you know, those long training sessions, those Ironman races, that's where I got to that place of that mental stillness. I love it, man. I, I really vibe with that sheer curiosity that, you have for yourself like what am i capable of how much further can i go and i think that it definitely is a testament to why you've been so successful in the ironman races i want to touch on that man because i've never done those things man but it, it looks like a willing decision to really make yourself uncomfortable and suffer almost like a, a whole new mental place in order to endure the preparation and then the freaking race the three races i believe that embody that competition can you take us through one of your Ironman races and talk specifically about what that conversation is with yourself, you know, during preparation and then into the actual race? I want to kind of get a glimpse on that, man. Yeah. So in a race, the conversation definitely changes. It goes from, you know, like the angel on one shoulder saying, 
you're fucking amazing. You're crushing this race. You know, you're super fit to the devil on the other shoulder that's saying, you know, quit. Like you didn't put the proper amount of training in. Why you like, you're suffering right now. Just walk. It'll, it'll feel so much better. And you have to keep like batting off that devil and embrace the angel and, you know, just trust all of the training that you put in to be able to, you know, have your body withstand that length of time exercising in the beginning of the race. Honestly, like your thoughts are kind of all over the place. I'm thinking about a lot of different things, but towards the end of the race, my thoughts become very, very singular (laughs) to the point where like all I'm looking forward to is having a cup of Coca-Cola, which is, you know, a stimulant and the sugar hits your bloodstream instantly every single mile on that marathon run. Like that's all I'm thinking about is how good that next cup of Coca-Cola is going to taste. And then you just try to flood your mind with positive thoughts. I'll think about like the chocolate milk that I'm going to have at the end of the race, the five chocolate milks I'm going to have at the end of the race. You know, my, my ex-girlfriend that I was going to hug at the end of the race and how proud like my parents were going to be of me. So um, a lot of it is like visualization and then just flooding your mind with positive thoughts. And um, <clears throat> all of my training sessions, I really use the power of visualization. Like I had the goal fairly early on to qualify for the world championships well before I was like ready to start thinking about that. But like in every, tr- every training session, like I was thinking about towing that, the line for the swim in Kona. I was thinking about biking in Kona. I was watching Kona races. I was visualizing being on the race course. And it goes back to this amazing saying that my triathlon coach told me. And it's think like a bumblebee, train like a racehorse. And what that means is a bumblebee scientifically isn't supposed to be able to fly just its body shape, big furry and these little wings, but because it believes it can fly, it flies. And then training like a racehorse, like a racehorse doesn't question the training, like the jockey is on it and the jockey controls it. And that's a powerful message of like, have a plan, embrace it. And like, just avoid all of the other distractions. Like it's so easy to see everyone else who's super fit towing the line in an Ironman race and wondering if your training plan was good enough. Like you just have to trust the process. You find an expert, you get a plan and you just execute on a daily basis and don't overthink it. Beautifully well said, man. And it sounds like going to visualization, I could feel like those palpable energies you're describing that like an emotion tied to those visuals. And you know, so much of what I think stifles us sometimes in our progress towards anything it is we want to achieve is that we're not really connected with what we're working towards. But it sounds like you were able to find ways to bring some of that gratification that's sort of, you know, deferred out in the future closer to you. You talked about towing the line at Kona, like, you know, seeing yourself hoisting up the trophy. That's powerful stuff, man. I, I'm really big into that. I, I follow a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I do know. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been doing some of his breath work and meditation techniques in the mornings now. And he teaches that he's like, Hey, having a clear intention with the power of emotion can actually help you bring those things closer to you. The idea being that your brain doesn't even really know what's something that's happened versus something that you're visualizing. So I'm really, really interested in that, man. And it sounds like you've actually found the way to harness that to, to your actual advantage, man. So that's pretty dope. Let's talk about your routine. 
I follow you, obviously. I see that you're an incredibly structured dude. And I think that when some people hear the word structure, maybe this goes back to childhood, they sort of demonize it in their, in their minds, right? They think that structure is something that inhibits them, that keeps them sort of, you know, sheltered. But in my mind, I think that structure can actually be very powerful and that it can actually create a lot of freedom and flexibility that you talked about earlier. How did you come up with your routine? Because it's pretty detailed, everything from your routine to your diet. Talk a little bit about how you discovered those things and how they actually serve you. Yeah, so you hit the nail on the head. There is so much freedom in structure. And that's what I learned along the way is like, when I'm bombarded by stimuli and when I don't know um, like why I'm doing something, if I don't have purpose, that's when I just, I'm not operating at my optimal level. So I found that for me to operate at my optimal level, that I need structure. And, you know, it, it changes some throughout the years when I try something new, like for example, hot yoga is something that I added in this year that I realized was like super powerful for some of the things that had been a weakness for me in the past, specifically like sitting still or being present on someone else's terms. So I implemented that into my routine. But, you know, ultimately it was like, I try to live, I try to live perfect days and I try to live my days in flow state. What I mean by flow state is like, I go from activity to activity where I'm completely present. And so, that, I mean, that starts in the morning with a tiny win of making my bed and then going downstairs and trying to pour the perfect shot of espresso. Um, and then I go and I get my first workout at the gym. And that really is the big start of like my flow state for the day. If I hit a good workout, which, you know, I had to have gotten a good night's sleep before. Um, right now I'm drinking Bulletproof coffee. Other times I'll have just like a green smoothie bowl. So I eat super healthy in the morning. That, you know, typically 95% of the time leads to an amazing workout. And then like the energy and presence I have from that morning workout carries throughout the rest of the day. I'm able to have a really good conversation with someone and be super present with them. I used to take a lunch meeting every single day with someone new. Um, since COVID, now I've been doing Instagram lives every single day at 11 or 12 o'clock. Um, so I'm completely present with that person. I have a flow state conversation. From here, I'm going to go off and I'm going to go on an afternoon adventure, probably mountain biking, another flow state activity for me where I'm just like in the present moment the entire time. Um, then I do my recovery routine, which, you know, ultimately is like leading into the next day of, you know, all of the things I did the prior day. Um, after the recovery routine, again, before COVID, I was having dinner generally with someone new and having that flow state conversation. So it's, it's built around flow state and it's built around presence. And to get there, um, for me, I can't multitask. Like I need to only be doing one thing at a time and only thinking about that one thing. And I need stillness. Like when I mountain bike, I don't like mountain biking with anyone else. I like going by myself in solitude trail running, hiking, most of the time I'm doing it by myself in solitude. That's just like my me time to listen to one song on repeat. And just again, to like, get to that place of mental stillness and quietness, so that I feel good. You brought up stillness several times. Stillness sounds kind of counterintuitive to flow state. Talk about that. Talk about how stillness allows you to flow. Yeah. So mental stillness, meaning being completely in the moment. Meditation is obviously a form of, of mental stillness. And 
Ryan Holiday has some incredible books about this. Stillness is the key is one of my favorite books. And I love the way he talks about it because like meditation is only one form of like getting your mind quiet. Um, hobbies where you're just, you're completely in the moment, they'll quiet your mind. You know, for me, it's the exercise that I do. That is the biggest thing for me that quiets my mind. Yoga, just listening to your breath, quiets your mind. We live in a world where like we have so many options and so many distractions and notifications going off on our phone that we untrain our mind to focus on one task at a time. And that's what I mean by stillness is like retraining your mind to be quiet so it can focus on one task at a time. That way you don't have anxiety. You don't have depression. You don't have a lot of these things that we have caused for ourselves. Yeah, man, dude. That's incredibly huge. I think uh, the stillness has been key for me as well, dude. I think initially I was having a difficult time sitting with all of those distractions. I think our minds tend to gravitate towards something like 70,000 thoughts per day. And when you think about that, that's overwhelming. Like That's a huge number. And I think that kind of deters a lot of people from being willing to continue to practice in order to get better. But I'm hopeful that this whole situation that we're in with COVID right now is kind of a gentle wake-up call for a lot of people to find ways to put the distractions aside and just be with themselves. Because it is kind of a sad thing, in my opinion, when you find people reaching for their phone or for gossip or for drama just because they haven't mastered the ability to be with themselves, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like this time is a beautiful time to reflect, which <clears throat> when else in our lifetime are we, are we going to be granted with the time and space to just like sit and reflect without a million options? Yeah, man, absolutely. I got to ask you, uh, <laughs> Julia always gives me a bunch of shit. Every time I tell her I'm getting ready to pick up the heat and ice sort of regimen that you do, she laughs me out the room. I've done it a couple of times. I like how it makes me feel. You seem to be a huge fan of it. What does it personally do for you, man? How did you discover heat and ice? And what's the whole idea behind that therapy or that recovery process? Yeah, so it started for Iron Man with me back in 2013. Um, and I was using an infrared sauna studio in Syracuse, New York called Sonic Use uh, as heat acclimation training for Kona, which is the Iron Man race in Hawaii that is brutally hot and humid. Um, so I was very much using it like just to train for the heat. But I started realizing how good I felt afterwards. And by good, I mean, like, again, like mental clarity afterwards, tremendous energy afterwards. So I'm like, <clears throat> there's got to be something more to this than just like training my body to withstand heat. And it wasn't until I came out to Denver almost three years ago now that um, I started doing the cold water submersions. And one of the first places I went to when I came to Denver, it's called Denver Sports Recovery. They have an infrared sauna there. They have a hot tub and they have a cold tub. And, you know, there were these people there that were doing contrasting baths, sitting in the cold tub for five minutes and the hot tub for five minutes and doing several rounds of that. So I started doing that. And again, like I realized that even more than just the extreme heat, like the tremendous mental clarity I was getting after the endorphin rush I was getting after. And, you know, I certainly was reducing information and recovering, which is the reason why I'm able to train the type of volume that I train day in and day out. So it started with doing it for heat acclimation, and then it was more like for recovery purposes, but now it's doing it, I mean, for those as well still, but more just for like the mental well-being, because I feel so good afterwards, I get a tremendous rush of energy after doing it, 
And it allows me to back up, you know, what I discussed before, those perfect days, which include a lot of exercise. And, you know, if you're going to be doing the type of volume that I do, like you have to be reducing inflammation every single day. Yeah. Bro. How do you personally deal with the imperfect days, man? I think that, you know, the perfect days is certainly what we would all aspire towards. And it's awesome when you're staying in flow and you're able to, you know, check off those different things that keep you in a state of flow. But inevitably you come across a difficult day. Talk to me about your conversation with yourself. Are you able to just sort of accept it for what it is? Or do you combat that? What does that look like for you, Eric? Yeah, uh, I've learned to be an observer. And I've also learned to stick with my structure as much as possible. So I'm having a shitty day. I go for a run. I get a workout in. Like I know those things where I can get a state change. And I make sure I do that. And it generally works for me. Um, But I also, you know, I keep my days as structured as they are. And I try to do my best to eliminate any kind of outside chaos that can come up that's going to affect them. But, you know, ultimately, sure, there's going to be things that that derail you. And I've had enough things that derailed me in life to realize that most of them are just speed bumps in life. So whenever something feels like monumental in the moment, breaking up with a girlfriend, and you know, you have this inner voice, it's like, no, it's going to be a fucking speed bump, like observe the thoughts, it sucks in the moment, go for a run, get back in the gym, you know, don't like just sit around and sob about it, like get back to your routine and realize that like, it's going to be a speed bump in life, you're going to get over it. You just need to do those things that bring you positive energy. Yeah, man, I love that. Essentially, don't dwell. You know, I always say to myself that it's so fleeting and it breaks my heart, bro. When I see somebody going through hardship and they're on the verge of relinquishing that vision or that goal or that dream for something that's going to pass, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a day, a week, maybe even a couple months, unfortunately. I mean, look at COVID, but look at how we're all responding. I mean, you're looking well. I like to think I'm looking well, you know, <laughs> on the forefront of this thing, I'm sure that we each had panic attack moments where we're like, holy shit, man, our lives are about to be fucked up for a while. But yet here we are adapting. And I think it's a testament to how flexible and elastic we are as human beings, man. Yep. Adapt. You hit the nail on the head, like adapt. And it's seeing things in a positive light. Um, you know, I, I've been injured before. And whenever someone gets injured, I always say it's not what you can't do. It's what you still can do. I tore my MCL three or four years ago. What did I do the next day? I went and I bought a ski erg and I built up to a two hour ski erg in my home gym. You can do things like it's very rare that there's going to be something that causes you not to be able to do something that brings you positive energy. And it's just like, what can I still do to bring myself positive energy? I love it, man. We're coming up on time here. I want to be respectful of the rest of your day. I know you always have a little midday adventure plan, but I'm looking at that beautiful background behind you. I want you to quickly talk about the importance of designing your physical environment. I love aesthetic things. You definitely seem to love aesthetic things. Touch on that real quick, Eric. Yeah, I do. My place here is filled with plants. So I love plants. It makes me feel like I'm outdoors. I love the outdoors. So for me, I like designing spaces to kind of feel like I'm still outdoors. And um my offices in the past always had like mid-century modern furniture. They were super clean. I don't like clutter. It goes back to like, you know, stillness. I really feel like if there's clutter all around you, then your mind is going to be all over the place. And I don't want my mind all over the place. I want my mind focused. But ultimately, like 
my design space is mother nature. That's where I'm happiest. I try to get outside every single day for at least a couple hours and just like bask in the sun. And, you know, it goes back to our DNA. You know, cavemen didn't have homes. They had to seek shelter every night. They had to move all day, every day to like find food and find shelter. They didn't have Netflix. They didn't take rest days. So the more I live like a caveman, the better I fucking feel. Oh, man, I love it. I love it, man. That's a nomadic lifestyle I'm coming after, bro. So I'm happy you touched on that. I appreciate your time, brother. Before we transition to our fun, random round of questions, where can people follow your journey, man? Because I highly recommend people give this man a follow and check out his stuff. Nothing but positivity and awesome aesthetic views along the way. Yeah. Best place, Instagram, my name, Eric Hinman, E-R-I-C-H-I-N-M-A-N. Uh, website is the same, erichinman.com. Awesome, man. All right, bro. We're going to run into our free time five. Just kind of fun five questions for the audience to kind of get a little bit of an extra vibe on who you are as a person. Ready to go? Mm -hmm. Cool. So number one, what's your favorite uh, event of the Ironman? Is it the run? Is it the bike? Or is it the swim? It's definitely not the swim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. If if Ironman didn't have the swim, I'd probably still be competing. Um, My favorite event is the bike um, because I I was never a great swimmer. So for me, it was always empowering to pass a lot of the field on the bike and just like biking at that speed um, with other people. It's, it's, uh, it's like a video game. It's so much fun. The run was my strongest discipline, but the bike was where I always had the most fun. The run was always a suffer fest, but you know, in a good way, I mean, it, it just, taught me to embrace incredible discomfort. Love it, man. I ask this of every guest. So imagine potential where a physical destination you could travel to on a map. What would be more enjoyable for you, bro? Would it be the actual journey there, however it is you get there, or would it be just arriving in and of itself? Uh, I hate, so I'm thinking Bali instantly. That's a place I really want to go to. I hate flying because I hate sitting still for that length of time. So it would be getting to the place if we're speaking about travel, but from the standpoint of life, I like the journey the best. And it goes back to like embracing the process and chasing perfect days and like not getting too wrapped up in the final outcome, but just enjoying like, you know, minute details every single day. Yeah, dude, I'm going to talk to you about that offline. I'm really trying to train myself to really embrace um, just the day to day you know, and to be patient with the day-to-day. I think that's where all the, uh, that's where all the nuggets of fun are. So I love that you said that, man. Uh, third, what's your favorite personal development book that you find gifting to people quite often? Stillness is the key. Uh, read that incredible book. I wish I read it earlier in life. I think it's super powerful. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People is another incredible book, Dale Carnegie. And then I like all of Tim Ferriss's books. I, I feel like he gives really good actionable insights. It's about how to become, you know, incredible at anything by, you know, mastering like the things that make the most impact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Favorite empowering quote you'd love to leave the audience with today? Chase perfect days. <sighs> perfect, man. Right to the point. And last but not least, man, we touched on visualization earlier. I'm really big on it. It's how I've manifested everything that I've got in my life to this point. I want to know, I'm your audience, your witness today. Where are you at in the next six to nine months, man? That could be personal, professional, whatever it is you'd like to share. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, honestly, I get asked this question a lot, and I'm not looking too far into the future. I really am just like chasing perfect days and replicating them. So, um, and David Goggins has an incredible quote uh, that he was at a New Year's Eve party with Jesse Itzler, uh, wealthy billionaire, and David. Uh, they were going around stating their New Year's intentions, and they came around to David, and he said, "I don't want anything else." He's like. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing right now, but just a little better. And that's really how I'm living my life right now is like, I've figured out again, like those people, places, things, activities, environments that I want to be in. I want to keep doing what I'm doing now, meaning like, you know, health and wellness, training CrossFit, um, putting out powerful messages to the world, uh, training for this mountain bike race coming up in Leadville. And so I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, but just try and do it like a little bit better every single day. We're going to follow up with you in that time to see if you made it happen. (laughs) Dude, thank you so much for coming on and being transparent and a little vulnerable with us about how it is you live, the life that you live. What I love most about you so far, Eric, and I can't wait to get to know you more, is you show up as yourself and you do what pleases you. You're not out to please anybody else. You're not out to keep up an appearance. And that's the essence of life, in my opinion, man. So keep that up, bro. I can't wait to see you in person and give you a hug, man. Thank you, dude. Likewise, bro. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating, drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. Please head over to carlsona.com slash chat. That's carl with a K, S-O-N-A dot com slash chat to book a 15-minute free Zoom call with me. And I can't wait to see you there.